And um, I've also been a faculty for social work, and my research is around um, immigrant identity and resiliency. Oftentimes when we, we think about the immigrant experience, we think about the hardships, but I felt that that's not the full story. The story is about res resiliency and how we see our strength, not just individually, but as a, a, a community. Um, I'm excited to be here. I am willing and uh, ready to serve, so I'm excited. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, about we just take a few minutes, each of us introduce ourselves, so Dr. Lee's over here can put some name with faces. We'll start with you, Mr. Mark. Yeah, my name is Mark Priest. Um, I'm a retired Christian pastor. I've served, this is my second term on the commission. Um, I have two new knees. Um, I was a lot of zeal for human rights. I served on the Human Rights Commission in Dubuque back in the, in the 80s. So legacy there. Recently supported in our congregation, Ukrainian refugees. Thank you. Thank you. Well, my name is Roger Lusala. I'm uh, the outgoing chair of the Human Rights and will be voting in a new chair today. Uh, this is, uh, I serve an unfinished term for a previous commissioner, so I just got appointed by the city council to serve another term, so I'm excited to do that. And uh, I am an immigrant of Congo. I've been in the States many, many, many years, so. I also serve on an advisory board of the University of Iowa Center for Human Rights, so welcome. Uh, my name is Doug Colash, and this is my first term on the on the Human Rights Commission. Been um, about a year and a half now. Um, I am a healthcare IT project manager. is my day job. Um, I also serve as president of Hawkeye Pride, the LGBTQ alumni network, um, and also on the alumni leadership council of the University of Iowa. Um, I also sit on the equity advisory committee for the school district here in Iowa City. Um, yeah, I live over on the on the west side of Iowa City. Um, my partner and our two West High Trojan kids. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I am Janvi, and I'm originally from India. Just got back from India. I went over the winter break. This is also my first term, and now second year um, on the Human Rights Commission. I'm doing a PhD in counseling psychology and I did my masters back in India in counseling psychology as well. So I like working with the minoritized um, sections of society. Last year I was working with refugees at IC Compassion. This year I'm working with populations that have cognitive or intellectual difficulties um, and rural Iowa populations. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go ahead and introduce myself and then we'll come back for Viana. Um, so I'm Kelsey Paul Schantz and I was just reappointed to my first full term. I also filled um, a vacancy about halfway through from someone else. And uh, I live in Iowa City because I moved back to Iowa. Um, I'm American Canadian and I moved back here to take a job uh, six and a half years ago on working on the prevention of mass violence and atrocities. And so thinking about the structural conditions of communities that really influence how identity-based violence occurs and and therefore how it can be prevented. So really thinking about um, actually working with a lot of the issues that many of you have already um, described and faced and, and really being an advocate for those voices that need to be at the table. So um, my husband and I live in the east side with our dog. Um, he is British American and so we have a fun holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fiona, we have it. We're just going around and introductions. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. Sorry for being a bit late, but I was slipping around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my name is Viana Kadura, and I just got appointed here a few months ago. Yep. I lost track of time. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm the founder and director of Maryam Girls Club, which is a Muslim youth club for girls, middle and high school girls in town. I do advocacy all around. Um, I've been in the, in the USA for 27 years now, and we've seen it a lot. We lived it a lot, you know. We lived through many things, so I'm very close to students in schools, and uh, I know what they go through. So I've been working closely with the school district as well, trying to end any propaganda against minorities, against, you know, um, Muslims and Arabs and people all around. Um, beside that, I'm a board member for the Islamic Center in Iowa City, um, Al-Iman Center, and I'm a board member on the Coralville Food Pantry. What else? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just taking my breath. <laughs> yeah, so um, I love being around people and learning about their needs, and I always look forward you know, to help them or assist them in any way. And as our faith say, just a smile is a charity, and that's the least I could do when I see people. And thank you for having me here. Mm. Thank you. Well, welcome aboard. Uh, the amazing thing about uh, this group is it's not the work they do here in the meeting, but it's the work they do in the community that really uh, makes them amazing people to walk around. So welcome, and uh, we're glad to have you. Thank you. Uh, the next item in the agenda is the election of a new chair and vice chair. Roger, did we want to give Sylvia oh, a Oh, Sylvia still this. Sylvia, sorry. Sylvia? Oh, no worries. Hi, can you all hear me? Sorry, I didn't mean to skip you. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I am Sylvia Johns. I am in my first term um, on the Human Rights Commission. I moved here to Iowa City um, from New York City about five years ago and really have embraced the the community and enjoyed um, serving in, on the commission as well. I also, within the community, serve on the board of the Iowa City Foreign Relations Council and just graduated from the University of Iowa's Executive MBA program. So that was an exciting December for, for me. Uh, for my day job, I work um, in kind of international academic diplomacy, working with um, U.S. embassies and countries and State Department and the National Science Foundation, many organizations building um, education pipelines uh, through access and equity and, um, and scholarship. So I have had the opportunity to work on programs like the Fulbright Program and Gilman and, and uh, many others um, trying to build peace through, through academic exchange. Uh, thanks again and welcome. Well, thank you. Now we're gonna backpedal a little bit. Uh, instead of moving on to the election of the chair, we actually gonna take a few minutes to do a f to do a farewell and say goodbye to one of our commissioner who uh, completed her term in December. Uh, since we did not have a meeting in December, we wanted to take a minute to thank. Commissioner Maliabo uh, for her work in the Human Rights Commission, not just here in this building, but for all the work that she does in our community. She's everywhere, 
if you know uh, Bijou, she's everywhere and she shows up. Uh, it's not just uh, in Iowa City, but she shows up in Johnson County. She shows up in Coralville. She shows up everywhere she is needed. Uh, she's there. So uh, for me, it is a privilege to call her a friend. It is uh, amazing to see the work that she does. I don't know when that she sleeps because she's always working. It's, it's very hard to get a hold of her because she's everywhere. If you need an interpreter, she's there. She works with the, the court. She works with the HHS services. She works with the food pantry. She's part of the ambassador in Coralville. She was a, a, a board member of the uh, Center for Worker Justice. She's everywhere. She works with our school district here in the community, so Bijou, Come on up, we're gonna present you with this uh, nice plaque. I'll come around. <laughs> so on behalf of the Iowa City Human Rights, we'd like to thank you for your dedication and all the work that you do to advance the causes of human rights and to make our community our world Speech. If you know the show, it's a photo show. Can you come in just a bit? Thank you. That's amazing. Here's the box visual. Yes, please. You just go to the mic, though, folks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, that's, uh, 
I would like to thank you guys for all the wonderful work that you guys do, always do. I've worked with you guys here and other outside of um, the commissioner. So thank you for standing up for the people that are not here to stand up for themselves. Thank you for being the voice uh, for the community. Um, thank you for keeping the government <laughs> to their toes. <laughs> I would like to especially thank Stephanie. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, thank you. Um, I know she doesn't like to be seen or whatever, but she does amazing work. I think she is, they say the glue to, well, I don't know what it is, but I feel like without her, the city cannot function because people go to her all the time. Thank you, I come to you for advice and you, you, you are more than amazing. Um, you do great work and I'm coming back to the city to let them know that they need to know <laughs> how much you do uh, and give you a raise. Um, beside working for the city, you're a good person to talk to and give me advice and also guide me in other things that I didn't know. Um, so I appreciate you a whole lot. Um, and I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Do you mind if I add something to that? Hmm? Do you mind if I add something to that? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just want to say that Bijou, you know, she's been very humble throughout, you know, living here in this city. And I, I truly, like, learned a lot from her, just watching her from far away, not even close to her. Like, uh, she's down to earth. She knows the needs and she yeah. knows how to connect with people. She puts the needs of people before her. Mm -hmm. uh, she sacrifices a lot, too. Uh, she does not have, you know, she's a selfless person that always puts uh, other people, you know, in front of her. And, and she's willing to give whatever she could just to make it easy for others as well. So I was really privileged, you know, that our path crossed, you know, a few years ago. And I just got to know this great person in here. So thank you, Biju. Love you. Thank you, Biju. <laughs> thank you, Biju. We hope that you take on more leadership positions because the world needs more people like you. <laughs> yes. Maybe city council? Okay. Thank you. Anybody else have anything else to say to Bijou? Thank you, Bijou. The work continues. We're not done with you yet. Yeah, that's right. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my uh, last official act, uh, item of the night before I hand it over. So. Uh, it's the election of the new chair and vice chair for the year 2024. So I will entertain a motion and a nomination for the role of the chair. I nominate Doug Kolash as chair. Doug Kolash as chair. I second. I sec no. well, go, go ahead. I, Sylvia, go I ahead. I second. I second that nomination. Nomination uh, of Doug Kolash as a chair by Mark Priest and uh, second by Sylvia John. Any other nomination? I'd also, Go I'd ahead, also like to nominate Kelsey Paul Shantz for chair. You also like to nominate Kelsey for the chair as well? Mm-hmm. We can't hear you, Sylvia. Yes. So we have uh, two nominations for the chair. We have uh, Doug 
nominated by Mark, second by Sylvia, and we have uh, Kelsey nominated by Sylvia. So I'll second that. Mark will second for Kelsey as well. So now we need to have the vote. We can just do by raising hand, or do we do, do we write down? No, you can do it by hand. We can do by, by, vote, by, by vote. vote. So uh, all in favor of having Doug as the chair. I have a quick, just process-related question. Stephanie, in our bylaws, would it allow for co-chairs, or do we need to pick one or the other? Um, the, the bylaws do not state a no. co-chair. Okay, okay, so the chair and vice chair, yeah. Chair and vice chair, that's what I remember. Um, I would not accept a nomination to chair, but I would entertain a nomination to vice chair. That's part of Robert's rules law. You do. <laughs> so Kelsey has declined okay. nomination for a chair, but I will nominate Kelsey as a vice chair. Thank you, Richard. Second. Second by uh, Mark. So then uh, I guess uh, we have one nomination for a chair and one nomination for a vice chair. So. Uh, all in favor of Doug as the chair for the year 2024, say aye. 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 Oppose? That motion is carried. Doug is the new chair of the Human Rights Commission. Congratulations. Thank you. And all in favor of Kelsey as the vice chair, please say aye. 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 Any oppose? That motion is carried as well. So Kelsey is our new vice chair. Doug is our new chair. Congratulations, Mr. Chair. Thank you, sir. Big shoes to fill. You can take over from right here. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, thank you, Roger. Uh, and thank you, everyone. Um, it's my pleasure to, to serve as chair, and I'm excited to, to work with Kelsey as, as vice chair as well. So looking forward to a great year. Yes. All of right. course, we'll do a... You two go right over now. there, take okay. your picture, right. and we'll be on the background. <laughs> your leadership starts right now. <laughs> you get to hit the ground running. <laughs> Welcome to Stephanie's studio. <laughs> Roger, I guess we're never background. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Item number five on the agenda tonight, reading of the Native American land acknowledgement. Do we have someone who wants to read that tonight? I will volunteer. All right, thank you. We meet today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homeland of the Native American nations to whom we owe 
our commitment and dedication. The area of Iowa City was within the homeland of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sauk. And because history is complex and time goes far back beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connection of many other indigenous people here. The history of broken treaties and forced removal that dispossessed in indigenous people of their homeland was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we cannot erase. We implore the Iowa City community to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparation. Thank you, Roger. Right. Next item, approval of the November 28th, 2023 meeting minutes. I move to approve. Yes. Motion to approve. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Anyone opposed? All right, meeting minutes are approved. Number seven, public comment for on items not on the agenda. We invite commenter, comments from the public uh, to address the commission for no more than five minutes. Reminder, commissioners shall not engage in discussion with the public or one another concerning said items. Hey. Welcome. My name is Brandon Ross. I'm from Iowa City. I notice you have fewer people here than we have at the Hawkeye women's basketball game. <laughs> uh, I would like to bring to the attention tonight, just remember uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, who spoke not only about civil rights, but also he said the other side of the coin was capitalism and imperialism. And you just spoke about Native Americans and their land and how it refers to US imperialistic actions that have always been present. I would like to bring up today that it is very important to think globally like Dr. King, act locally, but also act globally in a way of acting locally. We have many refugees here from many countries, but we create a lot of refugees in those countries. Today, our government, our State Department, is at war in four different areas I can mention in particular that are very concerning. Uh, the one, we are in Syria, and we have been in Syria. We should not be there. We are not there officially under any reason. We are in Ukraine, uh, which we have been for 10 years. We have sent $100 billion in arms to Ukraine. There's a half a million people on the Kiev side that have died. There are 30 to 40,000 people on the eastern Ukraine side that have died and there are probably another 40,000 Russian people who have been involved who have died. I would also mention Israel and Palestine, about which our city has been very involved, and that we are arming and our government wants to send more arms to Israel for what I believe is an obliteration of a whole people. This can bring tears to the eyes of anybody. And on top of that, we are now attacking Yemen and regarding Yemen, they have not attacked anybody. They have protected people. And uh, <coughs> we are not following. Our government has violated not only many international laws for all of these particular involvements, but also we are violating our own laws. 
there is something called the War Powers Act. Whenever we get involved, we're supposed to have votes in Congress regarding war and engagement, but we are not doing that. I myself, um, my mother's side, I'm Ukrainian uh, because they come from Kiev. That whole side, my mother is first generation United States American, also Jewish. Um, I wish to bring up that part just a little bit. In 2014, the US CIA, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, Victoria Nuland were involved in overthrowing the democratically elected president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych. After that, a bunch of right-wing national groups took over the government. Poroshenko was the president. He was installed, not democratically. And the US armed these groups, which attacked Eastern Ukrainians. By 2019, UNICEF put out a report that half a million Eastern Ukrainian children were in grave danger for their lives. This was unheeded. We didn't even hear about it in this country. 20,000 people died out there. Over 2,000 children died out there. 2019, Poroshenko left office with only 9% approval rating, the lowest in the whole world. Zelensky was elected, but did the same thing. The U.S. continues to arm that same regime. In uh, 2022, after that regime had 3,000 violations, over 3,000 uh, violations of the U.N. for ceasefire, Russia, in uh, February 24th last year, of not last year, but two years ago, entered to protect the Eastern Ukrainians. Now, the U.S. narrative is very different, and we're, we know what that is. And then when Ukraine and Russia was going to negotiate in March, the U.S. sent an envoy, which was uh, from England, to go out there, and the negotiations were canceled. And then we appropriated $100 billion in arms to send there. I'm Ukrainian-American, so I'm speaking to this. But I'm also Jewish, so I speak about the Palestinian situation, too, that we need, as a people, to tell our government to stop, stop sending arms to these groups, which results only in death. And we need to let our people know. And locally, I see everybody of so many different colors and ethnicities and uh, you know backgrounds and where you come from here. I think this is our message that we have to bring. We are in a dire circumstance. People are being obliterated. Nuclear war could be around the corner because the U.S. does not like Russia. And this has always been the case. So I just ask you, I make an appeal to you, as I make an appeal to the community in the spirit of Dr. King. Please, act locally, think globally, act globally, be loud, be active, be heard. Thank you. Thank you. Other comments? Okay. Then we'll move on to the next item, correspondence. And it looks like in our packet we have a couple items. Iowa City Foreign Relations Council hosting a speaking engagement, which I believe was this morning. 
right? Today's the 23rd? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that was at the library, the uh, working with refugees. Mm -hmm. I had registered but didn't attend because of the weather. Yeah. I don't know how the attendance was. Uh, did anyone anyone get a chance to attend? No. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. And then the next letter is from Nali, Asian Pacific Islander American Public Affairs Group. Stephanie, do you know any more? Have anything to add? to what we see here? Um, only if commissioners are interested in attending to let okay. me know I can get them registered. Yeah, because okay. they have an event coming event up coming in February 11. Okay. Which last year was a great event, so if you get a chance to attend, attend that event. I'm gonna miss it this year, but it was Yeah, I got my event. tickets for that. Huh? I got my tickets for that. Good. I got them through Stephanie. It's, awesome. it's a great, it's a, gonna be a Super Bowl day. Yes. Yeah. We'll be in the right mm -hmm. place. This, the Lunar New Year celebration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Okay. Then moving on. Updates on outreach and engagement by the police department. So, <clears throat> because of the holidays and the weather, this is well, historically, a, a, just a slow time for us because we're doing a bunch of end-of-year reports that we have to have kind of cataloged for the chief and the city council and things. So as far as outreach, we haven't done a whole lot. Everything was getting canceled when it's, you know, 20 below. Yeah. Uh, Roy Sand mm -hmm. canceled the Martin Luther King event and parade. Um, we have some mandatory trainings during this time. We call it our match training. So a lot of the officers and me are in mandatory trainings. We did get Katie. We have one full-time mental health liaison. We did. We were yeah. trying to replace that second full-time. We did get that replaced. She's up and going. So we have a second shift. Joa, she's Joa too, uh, comes to us with some extensive background working with juveniles, which, uh, I mean, we're getting juvenile suicides, juvenile runaways. And so her, what she brings to outreach with that is just, it's gonna be tough to, if she ever leaves, that's gonna be tough to match that. Uh, things we've got going up, we have a new youth shelter, hopefully gonna get up and run, and it's just east of town because most people know that 402 shelter, we no longer have a, a youth shelter in Iowa City. So I'm going to the soft opening or the open house. I don't believe they're gonna run as a traditional shelter, I guess more to come on that when, when I find out a little bit, but we can definitely use that support. Uh, we're working pretty hard right now to come up with, we struggled to get engaged with our youth in the winter, one because of the holidays and you know everybody's out of town, but we're working with other departments, Johnson County Attorney, Big Brothers, I talked to them today, to try to reach out to some of the kids that aren't like stud basketball players or, or real good. So I think the first thing we're gonna do is a cornhole or bags tournament, because you can get a five and six year old at those events. So we're in the planning to that. You, you should see some stuff coming out on social media. We hope to get that, that going sooner than later. And then we rescheduled all our, I do a lot of day in the life of police officer for elderly. The fight, we're seeing some financial exploitation with our elderly. So I was just at the Kiwanis Club. I was reaching out to the senior center 
we, I think we're going out to open all this week and then we're trying to get into uh, legacy to do some of that. So we're busy. It's just not busy like we are in the summer where we're going, you know, from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. But once we get some of these yearly reports called up and the weather starts to break, you'll start to see us out a little bit more. But pretty much last month, well, for two weeks, everything was just canceled. I mean, not from us, from the agencies. People just couldn't get to what we were doing. Um, I, I got to say, we've kind of enjoyed the break to breathe a little bit. <laughs> we, we, we've had a busy year and kind of nice to take some time off because it's 20 below. We don't have appointments. My team is, you know, taking some much needed vacation as am I. So uh, we'll have more to follow. We're going to flip. Uh, Trey will be here every other month so so he can go to Southside. Mm -hmm. You just have the meetings at the same time. So you'll see me every other month and him every other month now. Anybody have any questions? It's kind of kind of a boring month for us. <laughs> I, I just have a question. Sure. Just um, I was really curious because last night I attended the Joint Entities uh, meeting of our local representatives for the county and the city and then school board representatives. And it was really fascinating because there were some great presentations both on 988 and the Community Violence Intervention Initiative. And I know that you've talked to us about both of those. Um, one question was on the 988, I know they raised um, a curiosity of one of the challenges with, with folks using that number, which in my understanding helps to um, defer calls that might be related to mental health um, to mental health professionals rather than the police department, which serves both, right? Because then you get to call, respond to calls that are necessary for a police level of response. They raised that one of the challenges is that the 911 dispatchers locally may not be trained in where to redirect those calls to 98 or not might not feel comfortable I shouldn't say trained I think they're trained but might not feel comfortable I just was curious if maybe in the future or if even if now if you had some thoughts on that that you'd be so willing to share so when a 911 call comes in to at least our dispatch I'm a former 911 dispatcher too so they come in they we typically take ownership for that call because we get nervous are we gonna transfer them to someone and it's going to go south or are we going to get disconnected because you know they're calling 911 for a reason mm -hmm. and so i don't want to call it ownership but it's just like it comes to us it kind of sticks to us mm -hmm. we we send an officer or katie or joa yeah. knowing they're going to get the same level of care just a little bit better level yeah. of care with an in-person but there are times that we'll get a 911 call and the officer will refer them to 988 so the uniformed officer goes mm -hmm. and be like, okay, Miss Kelsey, you can, yeah. there's someone from mobile crisis that can talk you through the breakup or whatever you're going through. Awesome. So yeah. we've seen that. <laughs> but as far as us dispatchers just automatically going there, um, mm -hmm. maybe someday, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, I would be, I would have been nervous about doing that. And as a supervisor, I would have been nervous to have someone on my team just deferring when the yeah. call came to us. Yeah. But those are conversations we have. And here's another interesting thing about 988. They keep real good data, but it's always hard to keep data from what you prevented happening because it didn't happen. That's right. But mm -hmm. I mean, when I talk to the patrol officers and patrol supervisors, I mean, we're still busy with mental health calls. Don't get me wrong. Our 3 to 11 guys are just sometimes running calls to calls, guys and girls. Uh, but when I see the data, I mean, they're being deferred. I mean, they, they are not even coming into the police department and some good outcomes are happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't a, I mean, when I came into outreach, I was a little skeptical of 988 because it's a mm -hmm. phone call instead of an in-person and, 
you know, what's the training and, but they've done amazing work. So I've been mm -hmm. sold on it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and um, and and thanks also for for your participation in that. Um, I wondered if maybe in like a future presentation, because I um, like Jess Lang, she did a great presentation on ZVI, and I don't know if we could invite her in the future to oh, either yeah, co-present with you. Jess tomorrow, she's helping us with the yeah. bags against kids. So maybe if it's something to the commission of interest to the commission, we could um, invite a presentation from you and/or Jess on yeah, the community Jess violence and I intervention. Together, and awesome. I help yeah. do the notifications because sometimes it's just not safe for her to be out in, in the yeah. neighborhood. So yeah, Jess and I, or Jess and Outreach, Iowa City Police Department Outreach, and all outreaches in the county have an excellent working relationship with yeah. with yeah. Jess. Well, this is your official invite to come back and present yeah. on that work, Jess. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'll see her tomorrow. We need maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and she's already got the presentation. So it's kind of, Thank it's you. actually pretty impressive to, to see what they're doing or we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you challenge. very much. Thanks. Thank you. Is that what you guys are looking for? And congrats. Mm -hmm. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thanks. All right. Great. Great. So, Stephanie, we add that to the agenda for next yeah. time. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. And I'll reach out to Jess. To, okay, great. To, I mean, I'm sure they'll meet, but I'll reach out to her. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Item 10, um, support of the transgender protesters. So if you recall, at our meeting in November, one of our the public comment um, informed us about a group of seven protesters who were who attended the speaker Chloe Cole at the Iowa Memorial Union uh, to to protest this anti-transgender speaker? Um, they were, and the the statement is up on the on the screens. So if you want to start reading that, we'll discuss and approve it. But um, they a month later they were arrested for their, for their participation in the protest. All seven identify as transgender and non-binary. Um, and so you know, they came asking for support, asking for you know, solidarity, and both, our, both Kelsey and Sylvia um, helped me, and the three of us have kind of been spending some time looking into this. Um, I met with the head of public safety at the University of Iowa, the police department who oversees the UIPD, who made the arrests. Um, met with a couple other city officials and county officials who were looking into this as well. And so this statement is kind of a product of all of that, the discussions with multiple parties, um, Kelsey, Sylvia, myself. Um, City Councilor Burgess and County Supervisor Fixmer Rees. So this is the statement then that has been drafted and submitted for us to discuss and and vote on here tonight. So we'll give you a couple minutes to to read through that. And welcome any comments as well as while we're reading. Well, I have a, um, you know, over the weekend there were a good uh, letter to the editor by uh, council member Burgess and uh, supervisor V. And I just want to appreciate the work that, you know, Doug and uh, Kelsey and Sylvia did with this statement. 
um, it's it's important to highlight those things. I know we brought it up here in November, but the the work been going on, and I I I don't know. I have not heard from the county attorney what's their stand on this because they're gonna be the one right pressing charges or or, mm -hmm. or, or prosecuting or not. So uh, I just wanna uh, uh, express my appreciation for you guys taking the time to put this statement out there. So I'm in full support. It's our understanding that the county attorney intends to proceed in prosecuting. Is it because of the new law? Yes, yes, mostly. And Kelsey, feel free to, to jump in as well, because I know you had a little bit more involvement on that county attorney side. Not not directly not with her, <laughs> but you, your your yeah. conversations went were more in depth on that side. So maybe let me just share too. You know, I think um, the the op-ed that you referenced, Roger, I think also kind of describes to for those who are local representatives some of the conversations that they've had on this issue, and um, and kind of referencing. Why, why pressing of the charges? And so I think that's also a complementary resource with this statement. Um, and this statement echoes it in many ways, and I would fully support it, um, and do fully support it. And thank you, Doug, for doing it um, and leading that effort. I think the, the thing to keep in mind when we're talking about systems that enable um, the, the pullback of rights um, and the, the inability to express democratically and peacefully a protest is a really big part of this. And, and that these specific individuals were targeted for, for prosecution, for both charges and prosecution, I think we need to be mindful of and watchful of and, and make sure that they know we show up for them in our community um, and that we're watching and we, we're pressing and we won't stand for it. So um, I would just say too, and this echoes someone, some comments from our public comment earlier today, you know, there's a lot of power in voice. There's a lot of power in saying no further um, because the process of authoritarianism, the process of human rights being pulled away from us, it, it happens slowly. Um, like being boiled like a frog is the example, right? And you never jump out of it. Um, now, I'm not saying that we're at that level yet necessarily in Iowa City, but I do think we need to be um, supporting our activists as well as our just regular community members as they're facing these um, these challenges. I like to add that I feel like we are at that place, mm -hmm. that we are uh, having to have our voices be heard, and a statement is a powerful one with the commission. So I'm also in, in support of that, and thank you for thank putting you. that on our highlight, mm -hmm. on our radar. Thank you for writing and bringing this. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Really, really appreciate it. I would like to go forward, Doug. Do you need a resolution? You need it. Just, uh, we would put this up for a vote to, a to approve a motion to a motion to approve the release of the statement. So move. Our second. Okay. All those in favor of releasing this statement? Aye. 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 Anyone Aye. opposed? Okay, passed. Thank you. And again, gratitude for all the work you guys did to put Thank this you. together. It's exceptional. Thank you. <clears throat> all right. Then moving on to item number 11, funding request follow-up from November 2023. This is the request from Jewel Amos. 
This was t-shirts at Grant Wood. This is in our packet. We discussed this in November and asked for a little clarification. And you'll see the, the email response, um, which is following the application in the packet. Uh, contest is for fifth and sixth graders of Grant Wood Elementary put on by the PTO at the school. Approximately 100 students will be participating and 100 shirts being ordered. Each student will get a shirt with the winning design on it and everyone's name will be on the shirt too. So the contest is for the students to design a Grant Wood themed spirit shirt and then the winning design is on the shirt. 100 students get the shirt. So they're asking for the funding request to help with the purchase of these t-shirts. Thoughts or comments? Well, I know in uh, November there was some support, but we wanted to get clarification because the part about the contest wasn't very clear. Mm -hmm. So now my understanding is that they're going to have a contest, contest of students designing the, then they're going to select one, then it will be on a t-shirt, and every 100 students will get a t-shirt. I think it's a good way to get kids involved in creating something and mm -hmm. school spirit. Right. And the, yeah, in their description, um, it says this will help with building community and eliminate the need for students' families to fund the shirts. Yeah. Over 75% of Grantwood students are from a minority group, and over 75% are from low-income families. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I like Any other, other other comments or I would just note discussion? that I hope that the approval of funds, um, I'm supportive of the approval of funds for this project. I, I recognize, too, that this is the maximum amount that can be requested, but doesn't quite fill that gap needed to pay for all of the T-shirts. So I hope that with this effort, if, if we approve, um, that it would still be able to go forward and, and at a at low to no cost of the, the families participating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they had some kind of, they had other entity also sponsored getting the shirt at a discounted price and yeah I believe the I believe their t-shirt getting was giving them a some discount. money from mm -hmm. Hills Bank as well so right yeah okay I hope it moves if, forward right, any if there's no further comment we can entertain a motion to approve uh, so move do we have a second I, I second okay all in favor aye aye, aye. opposed all right, motion carries. We will award that $250. Okay, item 12, the big one, the racial <laughs> equity and social justice grant submissions. It's the big one, but so it's the fun one. It is the fun one, yes, <laughs> it is. Uh -huh. um, so everyone has in front of them the grant applications for this year's racial equity and social justice um, grants. <clears throat> so. We will be reviewing those, um, and then there's a second binder, second notebook that we have that is the rubric that we use. So as you will read through these, we evaluate them based on that rubric, and then we'll, we'll come together and discuss and go through those and determine who, who will be awarded that, those grants. And I will turn it over to Stephanie for the logistics and timeline on that and conflict of interest check.
So for conflict of interest, I think. I, I have a comment on that. I didn't, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, in early uh, January, I was asked to join a council on the GIC Incorporated. Um, it's um, regarding the supporting local uh, businesses. I have not attended any meeting, and according to the city attorney's office, I, there is no conflict, no legal conflict. And I also believe I can be a fair and impartial in being able to judge the merits of the GIC application. Perfect, thank you. And then the only other commissioner that the city attorney had spoken to about potential conflict um, <coughs> is Commissioner Ishmael, who will be, he's conflicted out, so there will only be eight commissioners okay. um, participating. Um, another thing just to note, because this may come up, there, there is one submission that was um, after the, the deadline. Of course, that's up to, to you um, as a body to determine whether or not you, you, know, you want to move forward with, with that submission. I, I don't think that needs to be decided uh, tonight. Um, I think when you meet to go over the grants, you, you can at that time you know, decide if you want to. Um, it's in the packet? It's in the packet, yep. I didn't um, alter it at all. The, the grants give the date and time they were submitted, and they're also in chronological order. The, um, the link was still active on Saturday when they submitted it, so they were due by 11.59 on January 5th, and this one was submitted Saturday afternoon, I want to say like around 4.30 p.m. Mm. So, but just so you know that, because you might... Um, get um, emails or notes from other organizations who, who would notice that, obviously, because they're public record. And then the what what the commission did last year is they held a separate meeting yeah. to go over the grants, um, just so you yeah. don't have a really long monthly meeting. Yeah. And so if it's okay with everyone, I can kind of send out a, um, a poll to see what dates work best for everyone, either that last week in February or first week in March. The, um, Sounds good. The requirements say that you need to get a recommendation to the city council no later than March 31st. Yeah. So, okay. And yeah. since you have, is it 29 submissions? That that's mm -hmm. that might be the highest actually. I believe yeah, so. So it's going to take probably a little more than a month to read through them, anyways. <laughs> so. Um, so I can do that through a doodle. The only other thing is I know that we have some uh, Excel gurus sitting up here <laughs> that I'm looking at. And um, if I send the name of the organizations and all the commissioners who are participating, anybody who has those excellent Excel skills, who wants to help city staff out in doing the, um, what do we do, the average, the Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, okay, yeah. So anybody yeah. who knows how to do those nice little fancy formulas? Yeah, I remember okay. we had uh, mm -hmm. two, two experts. Okay, I'm seeing some fingers <laughs> getting pointed. So, um, but that would be much appreciated. And I'll just send out the Excel sheet to, to um, those who I think have been identified. And um, that would be very much appreciated if somebody could help out with that. Okay. Awesome. Great. All right, so we have our timeline. Read through these in preparation for that meeting beginning of March, and Stephanie will send out that poll. And we usually send out the 
the information. We submit the information to Stephanie. Correct, the Excel sheet, right, so you, mm -hmm. and you'll have it ahead of time. And I also send out the Excel sheet to the organizations who have applied so that, yeah. the, and invite them if they want to participate in, in the, um, what, whether they can speak or not is totally up to the discretion of the commission, but in yes. terms of us uh, holding a special meeting, then the public as well as those specific organizations would be invited. I think it would be good just in case we have a very good clarifying question or something like that. I think so. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I just wanted to mention too, so on the rubric, um, just a big thanks again for um, Sylvia and I think Siri previously and there was another individual on the team that I'm forgetting who actually... Ashley was Ashley, it? Ashley, yes, who seriously reviewed our rubric. Um, just uh, oh, just over a year ago, about a year and a quarter ago, um, in order to have a new rubric for last year's session selection. I think it was really important and impactful to have that and still incredibly grateful. Thank you, Sylvia, and thanks to Ashley and Siri too for their efforts. Um, and for those that are just you know joining this process for the first time, of course, if there's any questions as we're going through this, we have each other um, and uh, to clarify the questions of the rubric and um, to follow that guidance. So just wanted to mention and thank you, uh, Kelsey, also um, what you mentioned made me. So if anybody has specific questions, excuse me, for an organization, then um, you can just send the note to me, I'll send it to them, and then I'll send the question or the inquiry along with the response to all the commissioners yeah. so that everybody has the um, same information. And the, the rubric may seem kind of um, like an additional step but uh, last year we did have a few organizations who, who asked to see how they did. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a performance evaluation. So your um, evaluation of their grant is beneficial to them so that they, they know what they did well on, maybe what they could improve on in future years and, and also what the commission maybe prioritizes mm -hmm. outside of the, the six, um, identified areas so um, I would encourage you even if you're not a big writer to just even if you could jot down some notes so that it's meaningful to the folks who took time to fill out the application so that they can get some uh, so feedback. after we complete the rubric did you want us to return it to you yeah that would be great yeah. because the folks who requested it I just handed it over to them and they returned it when they're done because it, it's difficult to you know to yeah print that and there there's not names identified so don't put like mark priest on the top of your you know rubric. <laughs> so it's do we just give it to them and um and they have the information and then they return it back to the city if you want to identify yourself you certainly can but i'm uh, not going to do that <laughs> yes would you i know we've struggled for the past two years with as commissioners, with um, looking at these applications, seeing some that have received the grants for the past year or the previous year or the previous yeah. few years, do you have any guidance around that? I think that's something, especially as the new commissioners start to read through this, um, I, I, I think it's noted if they've received it previously. The now, no, yep. I think it's also noted whether they've received funds from the city within, yes. I want to say, three yep. three to five years. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the commission, but, but I know past commissions, and some of you would have been members at that time. Yeah. There, there is an intentional effort to try to uh, 
award organizations who are kind of up and coming. Yes. That's why they receive, let's say you decide to give organization A $25,000. Instead of them getting reimbursed for expenses, they get that twenty-five dollars up front. Up front because they might not have the financial fortitude to, to do the project without that. And I also think that commissioners like to be mindful and distribute the money around so that it doesn't appear that the city's always giving money to the same organizations, yes. which is why right. that question mm -hmm. is on the form. Certainly mm -hmm. you can make your own independent decision, but that's the history as to why that's there is to, is to try to circulate money, you know, so it's not always the same organizations that get it. And in terms of if they've been a past grant recipient, I can certainly um, send that information out for the past, uh, I think the grant's been around since 2017, so I can, it's in the slide deck, so it's very easy for me just to send that out. Um, and I can send it out before you evaluate, or it's something that I can just have at the meeting when you go over it. I, I don't know if that would affect how you would evaluate something, right? If, if you know that they got you know funding three years ago or not, or if you just kind of want to look at them. But that's, I can just send it out, and if you open it, you open it. If you wait, you wait. Yes, I think it'd be good information for a new okay. commissioner to have, okay. uh, because we always look out to spread our money to reach more people. And one thing that we always try to avoid the money becoming a budgeted item for organizations, something that they depending put in their budget and depending on them. So we always wanted to make sure that we, we highlight new project and uh, new organization that are coming out with some uh, um, amazing things. So, and we, we do know that we have a lot of nonprofit in the area that are getting money from the CDBG or the city or aids to agency on a regular basis. Uh, it, it has become part of their yearly budget. So we always wanted to make sure that we avoid that. I think um, there's also kind of, if an organi organization is coming two years in a row, it has to be for the same project, right. the continuation of the, yeah. the project that they got money before. So it can be one project last year, one project this year. It has to be the continuation of that project so we're not just funding. So those are things that we have to be mindful because, you know, if you're looking at all those uh, requests, it's a lot of money. We only have 100,000. We even got to 100,000 last year because we requested the city, the city council to increase it, and they increased it by 25,000. So we want to make sure that we are really addressing those needs out there. So I think it's good for new commissioner to have the history of organization that I have gone. Because I know mm -hmm. there's, just at the glance, there's organization that I have applied again that they only have gone the last two years as well if not three years. Yeah, I will say that was helpful. Last year was my first year yeah. you know, evaluating these, and yeah, knowing that was helpful. The other thing to know is you, we, we, can, we do have discretion in the funding. Yeah. So even though they might request 25,000, we can award five, 10. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can you know, slide that, that amount too. So. Can I, like, how did you make a note of how much you think is appropriate or? I think it's based on the application. Sometimes they highlight what they need to 
you know, they need this much money for this and this for this. Then we look into maybe funding one of the project instead of the whole mm -hmm. um, thing. Because I, I know, yeah, organization can request up to 25,000, but sometimes they include multiple projects in there. We can highlight that, we'll fund this, we won't fund. I know we have done that before for mm -hmm. many organizations. I think last year we funded a smart board for one of the organizations, right. but we didn't fund, we didn't the, fund the, instructors the instructors or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. right, right. And, yeah, I also yeah. think that we, uh, for another organization, we funded, maybe they asked for like maybe, you know, a thousand cultural ethnicity food, we say we'll fund 200 because, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I think one, yeah. yeah. So, so it's just something to keep in mind, maybe kind of make mind. notes so that when we come and have that meeting, you know, where we're all you know, discussing, then you can say, oh, you know, I like this one, but maybe we only give them X amount because yeah. then we can spread the money around. So just as you're looking through that, if you yes. kind of see things like that, you know, just maybe make a note of it. I have a question. Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, this is something that you can answer right now, but um, looking at the years in business, like for the, orga or the organization, will it give it more credibility that we consider more? Or like, uh, do, do they have no history before, like you can look at or see the performance or? Uh, I don't I know really if you give the, it's, it's a double-edged It's a double-edged right? sword because yeah. you have some new, that's, that's kind of the whole thing about new project and that it's really gonna, you know, it's it, it's a good project, but the organization has not been around long term because maybe they don't have the finances to be around for a long term. So, I I just look at each project. So, and I and I I think that's a really good point, Roger. One of the things that came up for us last year, and I would suspect would probably come up again with the number of like amazing applications that we've received, yes. is um, that. For organizations that might be brand new, um, we do want to make sure that the funds are going towards projects that can happen. So yes. the viability of the yes. project, I think, is the most important thing. Um, and that might vary for different new institutions or new organizations, yes. right? So that viability aspect for me, personally, when I'm looking at these, is most important, or one of the most important things, um, because ultimately the, we're tasked with choosing um, grant recipients that will make an impact in racial equity and social justice. Yes. Um, and then uh, I had another point. I lost it, but maybe I'll come back. I, I have another point. You know, for being in a nonprofit for so many years, another piece that I always look at is sometimes those organizations that are, they've been around or they have a bigger budget, they also have a grant writer on the staff. So their application looks flawless because somebody professional does it. So then you have another application, they're just starting out. You know, I remember when I took over a nonprofit, we didn't have a grant writer. So I grew with the grant. It wasn't the best grant, but the content was there. So I always look at with the history in mind, do they have an amazing person funded just for writing grant? Mm -hmm. Or is just that this is the best trying to put to explain their project so that's a good point yeah. yeah there is a little bit of kind of reading between the lines yes. like is is the project solid and it's maybe not expressed yes. as well as others or you know yeah. are there some flaws in the project like that there's a difference there yeah yeah sylvia in the past you've uh, given us uh, like a boundary if it was a public institution that applied um, oh, and yeah, they can't be primary yeah. applicants. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Now I'm looking at the requirements. It does say it has to be a new project. 
Yeah. Am I reading that? Yeah, we focus on a new project okay. and uh, Got it. then a continuation of the project. Gotcha. So. And that's a good reminder that, I mean, every, every grant has the, the rules right, yeah. <laughs> right there. So it's the start to each one, it's right there. So. The, re the reality is that you have so many nonprofits out there, they are all in, you know, fund crunch, and they're not looking at, they're just looking at, <laughs> it's a grant, <laughs> I'm going to apply for this grant. So. <laughs> a question actually on that level Stephanie this might be for you and I, I'm absolutely certain the question is past its prime for this budget cycle but as the um, you know we've had a hundred thousand dollars from City Council allocated for the last few years as we're thinking even about the increase in um, just how much value money still holds year over yeah. year um, are are we ever able to go back to them and ask for more money or adjust that total amount Especially with the, the number of applications. Yeah, I mean, the commission has the ability to do that. Yes. I mean, when you send up this recommendation, you can always yeah. just add a note mm -hmm. that, that said, you know, you basically, year yeah, because yeah. I think when the total is just a little under half a million, yeah. with the request for this year. So, yeah, you can point that out and, okay. you know. Thank okay. you. Thanks. And we did, and they came back and they gave us uh, in a, an additional 25000 because, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they do their budget ahead of time, but at least they pull it out of some kind of discretionary fund and so. Oh, they approved it for that year already then? Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, like right yes, okay. We, okay. we had 75,000 and we had so many projects, so we asked them for more. They went back, added 25,000 and added it to the next the year. So. Okay. Okay. okay, that's good to know. So we can always uh, request. I always say the, the, the worst you can get is enough. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. I, I also had a follow-up question with regards to the submissions. So when we, because we're giving the money up front, yeah. do we ever go back and see if the money was used in a certain way? I mean, I do yes, remember yes. those packages with last year with those organizations, but I did not see the split up of the money. It was just pictures of what was done. So... They provide a written they report. Provide they're written. required to give a written report. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Other questions? Discussion on the grants? But no one go in person, like to follow up? No one goes in person to follow up on those organizations? Oh, we do, too. Uh, yes. so we did start this past year. We, we, yeah, this, yeah. this past year, we started uh, matching uh, commissioner with organization. Okay. So then you become kind of the liaison. You attend the event and so. Because unfortunately, I'm sure lots of people, they're good at writing. They might write something that might unfortunately not be you know, yes. the case. Mm -hmm. so. so when we decide who we can award the, the grantee, then we'll also decide which commissioner will be a liaison for. And I do, just to point out even, the last item in our packet is from a grant recipient from last year and the neighborhood centers of Johnson County and their Unity University. So that last bit of correspondence in our packet there is yeah. is a direct result of one of the grants from last year. So, okay. All right. Happy reading. And if questions do come up, feel free to reach out to anyone who you know, has done this before. Sylvia, Kelsey, Mark, Roger, myself. All right. Item 13, hijab day, February 1st. And 
Viana, did you want to speak to this? Yes, so we have this lovely poster uh, in front of you. So this is gonna be our second year partnering with Coralville Public Library. Um, so much gratitude for them because they are the first official uh, formal organization um, that they stood with us and then they welcomed the idea. Uh, we have uh, Samira Abdullah. She's uh, the community um, resource navigator at the library. It's a new position that, that just, you know, got, she got appointed, I think, a year and a half ago to two years. Um, so we were entertaining the idea. And last year, just I think like two weeks or 10 days before the event, we decided on it. And, you know, the Coralville Library, they gave us the approval and the funding too wow. to, to sponsor the event. So with Maryam Girls Club, the girls that I, you know, the club that I run, we organize, um, we come with ideas, different stations for the things. It's mainly about bringing awareness to the most crucial, fundamental piece of cloth on this earth. <laughs> Imagine, just, you know, uh, I don't know, it's just sometimes it's funny even to talk about it because, you know, some, how could just a piece of cloth, you know, just define a person uh, when, with, when it's only a hijab, a head cover, but any other piece of cloth it does not define you except the head cover. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we're not claiming here that we are more pious or we are more, you know, we are all sinful people. Um, we're not superior to any other people. Um, the only thing we're gonna bring to the community is awareness through education, through experiences, through even just a communication, a social, you know, um, social informal environment where they can speak to a Muslim whether she's wearing a headscarf or not, because we're not oppressed, we're not forced to wear this. Um, we've been dehumanized for many decades in the US, unfortunately, especially within the educational institutions. And I've seen it firsthand. My kids, they've seen it too. The people I work with, all they, they have the same, they share the same thoughts they have and the same, they lived through it too. Um, we just wanna voice ourselves. Um, we have to write our own narratives. No one can always just steal um, or write their own Western, you know, biased narrative to fulfill whatever they are after. We are here, we have voices and we have loud voices too. We can speak to ourselves, we can define who we are. Um, there is cultural biases as well, and unfortunately it's global cultural biases. And sometimes people are confusing this with uh, uh, spiritual and religious aspects as well. And that's need to be cleared, even for the educators themselves, for community members as well. So not every time they see me, they think I am, as I was called before, Osama bin Laden's friend. <laughs> or that my parents forced me to do this, or my husband will not marry me if I wasn't wearing this. Um, we are blessed that our faith is not by the sword. Our faith is by, you know, um, if our greeting is in our faith, is peace be upon you. Mm. It's a smile is that you have to welcome anyone with a smile. How could we be aggressive toward each other, family member or something and oppress them and force them and deny them their rights? So as a female, as a Muslim lady, I just wanna speak my voice, let other Muslim ladies speak their voices. Um, so this is the first event in the area and I think in all of Iowa, to be honest with you. <laughs> like I asked many people in different cities and mm. you know, so we have like, the population in Iowa is different than the other states as well when it comes to Muslims, you know, uh, communities. Um, so I contacted the Iowa City Public Library as well, but um, 
I'm still awaiting to hear from them. I just read the email. So hopefully in the next two days, we might do a station in the, you know, the public library, on the Iowa City Public Library as well. But if you'd like to love to come over, we're going to have, you know, for the ladies, the female by birth, uh, we have hijabs for them to try on, to experience, you know, you're not going to lose your hair. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. It's just to feel, you know, what does it, you know, what does it take to put this scarf on? And some people, they, take the, they took the challenge last year to go outside and wear it even for a few hours or for a day. And it was amazing that some of the feedback that they said, oh my God, you do this every day? <laughs> Why? Not, not because, you know, the way that you wear it. Is the way that people they look at you, mm -hmm. they interact with you. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is a challenge, but you know what? When you know why you are wearing it and for what reasons, it becomes part of who you are. This is our lifestyle. This is who we are. So, um, so I hope that this event will bring more awareness. Um, I'm thankful that the school district as well, if you have any kids and they go to school, they already sent it through email that we're having this event as well. Um, so hopefully some of the educators and board members will come over to learn a little bit, to support us, to stand with us as well. Uh, our children have been really stressed out in schools, especially in the past few years. And I think, you know, especially females, we have to empower them in a way that they can gain their worth back. And you know what, that's not impacting only Muslim females because it impacts all the surrounding students and people around them as well. And we have to create a more welcoming, you know, safe environment for everyone. And this is why every single student matters. And this is why I'm hoping that lots of people from the school district will attend this one as well. And please, so share this around. All right. We'd love to see you over there as well. It's <coughs> exciting. I've been working, you know, uh, with Samira and with the girls, you know, prepping for this event. It's fun, and I'm looking forward for this. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you. And something you else, I was sure. wondering if we can even, you know, host our own event that relates to hijab. I don't know how it goes in here. <laughs> but as a human, you know, it's a human right issue. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in, in different countries around the world, they ban, you know, those ladies who wear heads cover from entering colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. Why this is the case that we want to stand for women's rights and, you know, females, you know, uh, equality and those things. And when it comes to me choosing to wear this one, I will get denied my rights. Mm -hmm. So this is a human rights issue, too. Yep. And I would yes. love to work, you know, with whoever is interested in doing something, you know, here in Iowa City as well. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, I need to excuse myself, but before I go, Brandon brought something to mind that's a wisdom from my tradition, and I put it in my lips, though it was from Rabbi Jesus, and it's these, and I think I put it in your lips too. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do it to me. And when I personalize the violence in the world, it changes how I respond to the violence in the world. It's how I serve on the Human Rights Commission. As you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. I got a lot of skin in the game. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Item 14 is our commission committee reports. Um, so we do have the, the three commission committees. Um, the first one, building bridges. So commissioner. Yeah, new year, right? New members. Uh huh. With new members, yes, yes. So, um, I would propose that we look at these and maybe determine who wants to be on which committee. Yeah, because you know we've had some new members. Yeah. I know when I came, it was well. There's there's a spot on that one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. Um, so I would I would propose that. We all look at the three committees, you know, 
giving Dr. Liz a chance to see what each one is about. And then at our February meeting, we restructure and reassign those. I second that. And the formation is in the, the book. In the strategic plan. The strategic plan, plan book. So it tells you. We, I, awesome. I, I, I really like that because yeah. I think sometimes we get stagnant, so we need a new, fresh Right, yeah, and I, I think we kind of saw that towards the end of the year yes. where every committee was like, meh, nothing yeah. this month, nothing this yeah. month, right? So I think that might give us a chance to kind of look at that and with some fresh eyes and maybe rethink what the goals of some of those committees are. I think it's a great idea. I might even just add into that, Doug, that one of the things I'm wondering is, you know, now that we've warn these committees and, and we've tried them on for size and and the situation has you know continued to evolve in our community where are there even places where we might find greater alignment if we wanted to change up the nature of the committees yeah. like so mm -hmm. really making sure that we're aligning the power of this commission yeah. and our um the power of the individuals on the commission yeah. within the ways we want to collaborate and the ways we want to move forward our, our work together and and as you were saying kind of regenerating the energy for the work because i think it's important yeah mm -hmm. I agree. All right. So all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. We will we will revisit the committees next month. What do we do? How do we do? Right. All right. Then item 14, staff announcements. Stephanie, anything? No? All right. 15, commissioner announcements. So commissioners shall not engage in discussion with one another concerning said announcements. Kelsey, would you like to start? Sure. <laughs> I don't, have, I don't want like, to put I don't want to put our newest commissioner on the spot, so I'm going to start at that end. <laughs> um, well, not much for me this week, um, but I did want to mention maybe in the future it might be nice to hear a readout from our ad hoc truth and reconciliation commission. Um, colleagues on especially their healing circles that are yet to take place. I know registration has already closed for the healing circles, um, that, but they will happen the weekend of January 26th, 27th, and 28th. And I just think it'd be really great to um, connect with them. I know Mark has been attending some of their meetings. He might even be attending. I don't know if people are already registered for the healing circle, but I do think it'd be great to keep tabs with them. Um, the only other thing I would mention is um, you all already heard me say earlier in the meeting, I attended the joint ent entities meeting last night. It was very fascinating. There's a lot of really great work happening in our community and also a, a great opportunity for the public to be involved in it. So, um, you know, nothing about us without us kind of things, right? So um, there's a lot of important initiatives that are happening, in including on community violence intervention um, and where that might be specifically targeted on um, trying to address violence among our black youth in our community and, and gun violence. And so I think, you know, showing up to these things matters, asking questions matters, but there's so much that's up else that's happening too. So um, just, it was my first time attending a joint entities meeting and I have to say, I didn't know where to sit. Everyone was sitting <laughs> everywhere and that's okay. Um, like even for those of us that are sitting on a human rights commission, it's okay to show up and not know and, yep. and, and be present and be part of the community. Well, I might be bored, you know, boring to listen to, but as I said before, I'm, um, I'm always into supporting others and uplifting others, and I do lots of work in the community. Like we started in November, I did um, Muslim community potluck at Derek Center. It was awesome just to bring those people together and just to see them that appreciating, you know, the, the space and the welcoming atmosphere that you provide for them. 
Um, we participated with a free community meal at the Coralville Food Pantry as usual, which is um, a free community meal with the club they participate there. Uh, it's so awesome to see all those community members from different backgrounds, different cultures, you know, just sitting there enjoying a free meal together, um, you know, sharing ideas, you know, um, you know, sharing contacts. So it builds a community when you are out there and doing things with them. Something else that we did, um, we joined the Action, the United Action for Youth through the Spark program, and they took us for a hike, a winter hike. <laughs> but like us, um, it did not snow as uh, it was expected, and uh, it did not rain as it was expected that day. And um, uh, Dustin and the partner he had, I forgot her name, I apologize, but uh, they did a wonderful job of providing the girls with uh, an adventure that they just you know, felt relaxed, you know, connected away from the tech world and away from, you know, um, the chaos of this, you know, um, so, you know, the city within the city limits. Mm -hmm. um, during the MLK, um, um, the Coralville Public Library, they did a speech, they read the speech of Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, the club participated by one of our girls reading part of the speech. So that was the highlight for her being, you know, next to the state senator and, uh, you know, and, you know, um, Megan Foster and Mitch Gross and mm -hmm. Haihan and other people on the run. Bijou was there too. Um, so that, imagine leaving those little girls, you know, just standing there and reading and being with us. That's going to resonate with them. Yeah. I think I was part of this community. Even if I'm Muslim, I was with a head cover. I stood among those people and I was yeah. part of them. So it might, you know, seem little bit that we're doing here and there. But believe me, you know, the impact I've been seeing, it's, it's and um, the feedbacks even. Uh, it's been wonderful. Last event we did, uh, we participated with the Rec Center um, for the Winter Fest that they had at the Extreme Arena. And we were volunteering over there. And just seeing those girls, you know, integrating them within the society and just being around people and just finding themselves that we are part of this country, we, you know, this country, and we are a fabric of this society, you know, we are just, you know, connecting <coughs> with each other. So it's, it's awesome just always to be out there and doing something with them. Uh, we will never stop. We're going to keep going. <laughs> so if you have anything that they can volunteer, they can do things uh, for the sake of the community or the sake of empowering our students and our you know, youth, we're willing to be there and help awesome. out. Awesome. I can go. Um, I don't have much. Um, went back home. So uh, I just joined the telepsychotherapy clinic, which uh, is a new mental health site, a new project. Um, it does therapy for free if you have Zoom and they have money for interpreters. So if people don't speak the language, they don't require insurance or anything like that. So people, especially for people who cannot afford therapy, if you have any recommendations through the organizations that you know, you can just let me know and I'm happy to get them connected with the provider. Um, so yes, this, this has been pretty much missing a lot in Iowa City. We have a lot of uh, places doing therapy for people who have insurance, but we also have members in the society that don't have those documents. Um, so those are the people we want to serve. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. Roger, you want to go? Uh, I don't have much. I know we attended the Truth Giving in November, which was great. We danced in Iowa and listened to some good talk and uh, it was good to be in that space. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was very cold. It was very cold, but it was good. Um, uh, I accept it <laughs> on behalf of the Human Rights the Racial Healing Day proclamation from the City Council in the beginning of this, year, this month and also um, 
I was called out to go accept the Martin Luther King's, Dr. King's proclamation at the Board of Supervisor meeting, um, which it was a great day to be there because there were so many people <coughs> speak, uh, coming to talk uh, on what's going on in Palestine. It, it was just, it was just a good space to be in again. So uh, I know a lot of the Dr. King's events that was planned were canceled because of the weather, but there's still more happening. So I know the Center for Human Rights, the University Center for Human Rights got a few events coming up. You can look it up in their website. I know the one that was supposed to happen tomorrow has been postponed, but there's just so many things going on. So um, you can just uh, look it up and find it if you're interested. So. Great, thanks. <clears throat> and I, I skipped over because I was looking something up. So okay. sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of announcements. Um, you know, things at home are a little better. We are looking at we have finished chemotherapy and surgery in February. So <laughs> hopefully things will allow me to do more than I have in the past. Good advice. Yes, Good thank you, thank you. Um, but the legislative session has started again, yeah. which means more targeting and harassment of the LGBTQ community. Um, the latest bill seeks to ban any ban on conversion therapy. So not allowing <coughs> cities in Iowa to institute a ban on, on conversion therapy, um, which, if you're not familiar, is the mm -hmm. attempt to convert someone to heterosexuality. Um, and it is a extremely harmful practice that all medical associations have condemned, um, but not the bill moving forward in the Iowa House is going to not allow anyone to ban conversion therapy in Iowa. Um, the other one is preventing gender neutral language from being taught in certain world language courses as well. Um, so that one I need to look a little bit more into, but the, you know, the trend that we've seen over the past couple years is, is continuing and intensifying. So just, just asking for awareness and solidarity and preparing you for the the rants that will be coming from me so <laughs> yes thanks um, with you. thank you liz mm -hmm. oh, yes okay so becoming a commissioner has is a big adventure in my family everyone's quite excited as i am my i'm a mom of uh, twins who are 16 powerful confident young women and they have I don't know, kids nowadays are so aware of you know, politics, yes. and they're aware that the governor, I believe, has stopped let, um, the support for, for food yep. in schools in the summer. Mm -hmm. So they volunteer at the crisis um, the center down on, I think it's the, the, on 6th, yes. um, and they want to uh, make some noise around that. So they're collaborating and organizing just like a mom, and I will, I'm excited to share what, the hap what, what unfolds. Awesome. Excited yeah. to hear about it. It is exciting. Mm -hmm. And so they made that connection with uh, the youth and health and uh, wellness. And if you don't have enough to eat, that food insecurity impacts how you feel and how well you do or not in, in your individual self. So they make that connection and they're like, that's not fair. So they're hoping to, to work with the crisis 
unit and public schools to see what's possible, so they created a group. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that unfolds. Okay. Just to, now we're not supposed to talk to each other, but just to add to that, sure. uh, I wanna just give uh, a, a prop to our Iowa City Community School District because they are stepping up. Uh, they're gonna run the program this summer. You know, they're gonna find the money, run the program this summer. So now we need to keep advocating to make sure that we get that program back next year. Because this year we are already late. So next year they still, that, that's $29 million that the state's giving away. Just giving away. <laughs> Just giving away. So, mm. so uh, you know, more power, to, more power to our school district for stepping up to run the program this summer. But yes. Let's keep the advocacy going. Absolutely. If she keeps it up, I hope that Kim Reynolds gets to know this commission very well. <laughs> All right. Can, With, I, add, can no, I add something? Sure. Yeah. Sorry, since we're talking about advocacy and things, the two major things that I've been involved with or I've been witnessing and seeing is passing of the ceasefire resolutions in both Coralville and Iowa City as well. Uh, let me just say that I applaud all those people who just stood up, you know, from the members of the councils and who said yes. Um, honestly, this will not stop the violence. It will not end the war. It will not, you know, bring the dead. It will not heal the injured. It will not feel, feed, you know, the hungry. Mm -hmm. uh, it will not bring the rights or, you know, uh, the Palestinian people are scarred. They are resilient. They are powerful. But yes, they are, you know, uh, they witness uh, horrific, you know, uh, times. Um, but let me tell you that at least those statements or just passing those resolutions at least bring some comfort to know that we are not silenced, that there are people who truly who view the human rights as universal rights, that they are not standing there saying, well, if you adhering to this faith or to this country or member of this party, we're not, your life is worthless. No, they're saying that we are all equal and we all have to stand for each other. And again, whatever, um, whatever, as, as citizen of the U.S., as an American citizen as well, uh, with all my children, you know, born here, lived here. This is our country as well. And whatever, you know, we are involved is in other countries impacts us locally as well. So there is no denial that we have to advocate for others, even if our government are involved in those things. Uh, we're not the one who's making those decisions, you know. Um, but at least supporting each other and standing uh, in solidarity and saying, yes, you know, we hear you. Uh, we want the peace for you. We want you to live in, in a liberated and free you know, country. That it means a lot you know, to lots of people who are being hurt and who, are, who have even family who's experiencing this horrific you know, um, crimes overseas. So that was a big thing within you know, Crowville and Iowa City. And I really applaud the people who just stood you know, there and who just voted for it. And who just even showed up just to stand you know, with all Palestinians and you know, from different, you know, religious backgrounds, from different, you know, ethnic groups and everyone. So um, that's what makes us, you know, look forward to that we are a great community. And yes, we can even, you know, work better even to be stronger. Oh, thank you. Okay. Is, do we still have Sylvia? I think no. we'll, no. we lost okay. We lost Sylvia. All right. It was just us on. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, motion to adjourn. So move. Seconded. All in favor? In time. Look at Aye. that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're oh, wow. leaving anyway. <laughs> Adjourned. <laughs> <laughs>